Bailey and Azai, you did it. Thank you for your beautiful Divrei Torah, both of you. Azai, you want us to see this Parsha. We want us, you want us to see that though it contains a lot of detailed instructions of gifts to bring to build the Mishkan or the tabernacle, no one was coerced, no one was even convinced to give. The whole exercise was voluntary. And more than anything, it depended on the desire of the Israelites to pitch in and help. It was a kind of a test about whether and how much people care. And you see this Parsha as a call for us to care and to be kind. And Bailey, first of all, how amazing that you built this model, this beautiful model of the ark. I can't tell you how happy it makes me that you brought it to life and even plated it with gold. You want us to see that the gifts that the people brought, including the gold, were precious, not because they were expensive, but because they created a space for God to dwell among the people. And not only were the materials themselves not the point, but the space they built wasn't ultimately even necessary because God doesn't just dwell in our sanctuaries, and not only on Shabbat, but in us and all the time. And you taught that we have an active role to play in bringing the sacred into the world. You both taught us that. Azai and Bailey, what important and Torah true messages for all of us to hear. One of the questions that all of the precious materials raises is how do we assign value to things and to people? How do we understand our value, human value, in relation to those precious metals or other expensive things? A rabbi named Alan Berkowitz wrote that there are 300 Rembrandt paintings in the world, and one of them recently sold for $13.8 million. And he asked, if there are 300 Rembrandts, but only one of you, and only one of me, how much are we worth? Writing for Trua, the rabbinic call for human rights, Rabbi Berkowitz pointed out that the name of our Parsha, Truma, means to elevate, to lift up, and that what was happening in the Parsha is that ordinary objects, some wood, some thread, some animal skins, some metal, were transformed into holy objects by being dedicated to the service of God. An ordinary object, like a table, for example, entered a state of kiddushah, or holiness, by its designation for the mishkan, for the tabernacle. If something has kiddushah, holiness, well, it is priceless. It is beyond all human measures of value. Therefore, through intention and action, an object can be elevated to holiness, to, to pricelessness, exceeding the most expensive thing that we can imagine. Other objects in the Mishkan were holy because they were extensions of God. Like the ark that you built, Bailey, it contained the tablets of the covenant that you have depicted so beautifully here. You have to come see at the end. And those tablets came from God. And therefore, the tablets were holy and the ark was holy, far more than $13.8 million. That's the value of a Rembrandt painting, no matter how beautiful that painting is. Rabbi Berkowitz argues that human beings are holy in both of the ways that we see objects become holy in this Parsha. First of all, we have Kiddushah, we have holiness, because like the tablets of the Ten Commandments, we come from God. Torah and Jewish tradition are consistent and clear that human beings are created, but Selim Elohim, 
in the image of God, as extensions of God in the world. And in addition, humans are vessels of God's very existence. As you taught us, Bailey, in our own Parsha, God doesn't say, build me a sanctuary and I will dwell in it. Rather, ve'asuli mikdash ve'shachanti betocham, let them, the people make me a sanctuary so that I will dwell within them. And Proverbs 20 tells us, ner adonai nishmat adam, the soul of a human is the light of God. So, kiddushah, or holiness, is the natural condition of every human being, regardless of what they do in their lives, regardless of where they live, regardless of what position or status they attained, or how much gold they possess, regardless of whether we like them or we don't. Every human being has kiddushah, holiness, by being an image and vessel of God. So every human being is worth more than the most valuable object we could measure, far more than $13.8 million. As amazing as it is that each of us has holiness, it's even more amazing that we have the consciousness enough to know it or to be able to know it. In Mishnah Avot, Rabbi Akiva teaches, beloved is humankind having been created in God's image and with the added measure of God's love does humankind know that we were created in God's image. In other words, Rabbi Akiva is saying that our awareness of our holiness is a gift of love. We can also see it as an obligation, different from the choice that the Israelites had at the building of the Mishkan, because they were working with objects that were not originally holy, and they were choosing to make them holy by dedicating them to the service of God. If we know from the get-go that every human being has Kiddushah or holiness within them from birth, aren't we obligated to appropriately value their lives with our actions? This is the first way that objects become holy in the building of the tabernacle. People dedicated and decided to designate them as holy. People lifted them up as truma and dedicating them to the Mishkan elevated them to the status of holy. With human beings who already have holiness, the lifting up the elevation is from holy to more holy. Rabbi Berkowitz says, in the tabernacle, the curtain was the line between the holy and the holy of holies, or the holy and the holier. And similarly, our actions in a moment of human engagement are a curtain that we could pull back between the sacred and the even more sacred. Now, I say all of this, and it might sound nice, but boy, do we have a long way to go. Isaiah, you talked about people who have no homes, people who are unhoused or homeless. You also talked about your mom's work with refugees through HIAS. And Bailey, you talked about your mom's work starting the refugee task force here at CBE. And I happen to know also that Azai's dad works for justice for people who are incarcerated. And as a society, we flat out fail. We flat out fail to honor the inherent God-given holiness in human beings if they don't have a home or if they're locked up or if they're simply not from here. In February, Jewish communities observe refugee Shabbat when we strive to lift up the holiness, the sacredness of the lives of refugees and immigrants and asylum seekers. The 150,000 people who are here in New York simply seeking to make a life and a home many of whom are denied shelter after the 30-day shelter limit runs out, finding themselves on the, street, on the streets in the bitterness of winter with no way to support themselves 
as it takes at least six months to get working papers. And the 110 million forcibly displaced people in the world, 36.4 million of whom are refugees, many of whom are languishing in refugee camps and waiting for the ability to find a new home somewhere, anywhere. We are epically failing to lift up the holiness, the sacredness that God has given to every human life. And right now, as much of the world has failed to honor the humanity, the inherent holiness of Jews and Israelis to care about the extreme violence against Israeli women and the unbelievably brutal atrocities committed against our people or to care about our need to have a safe place in the world, many of us are failing utterly failing to see and lift up the humanity and the holiness of each Palestinian life in Gaza, more than one million of whom are huddled in and around Rafah, trapped between the Israeli army and the Egyptian border and the Mediterranean Sea in one of the worst humanitarian crises of our era, 28,000 of whom are already dead as the fighting continues, as Israel walks away from the negotiating table while more than 130 Israelis remain hostage. We are utterly failing, failing to lift up the inherent holiness of human life. We must do better. Just as the Israelites were taught in this Parsha to voluntarily pitch in and help, to find the caring inside of themselves as you taught us, Azai, and to find the kindness that they have in them, we each have the choice to use our awareness of God's presence within every human being, our consciousness that we have of the holiness of life, to elevate that holiness in all who are homeless, who are imprisoned, who are refugees, who are seeking safety, who are seeking self-determination. To honor, to protect, to defend, to champion human life wherever it is threatened, wherever it is devalued, wherever it is ignored, wherever it is oppressed. In elevating the inherent holiness in others, we elevate our own. And when we fail to do that, we fail to do that. But when we do do that, that is how we build the Mishkan. That is how we build a place for God in our world, a dwelling place for the Holy One within us and among us. Shabbat shalom.